You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hey, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I'm your host, Kristen Maxwell. And in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, we are going to be talking to Kathleen Woodington about finding inspiration and hope after depression. Kathleen Woodington is an empowerment and lifestyle coach who shows successful businesswomen who struggle with depression, trauma, or chronic illness how to feel hope, experience more energy, and step into their power. As a yoga and meditation teacher and a life coach and former occupational therapist, Kathleen uses multiple healing modalities, tools, and techniques to heal and empower others to grow into their greatness. Kathleen, welcome to Your Superpowered Mind. It's so good to be here with you, Kristen. I am very excited to share you with everybody. So my first question is always, what superpower did you discover as the result of mastering your mind? The superpower that I discovered was surrender. And what it allowed me to do is to, to really basically drop to my knees and realize that I can actually not figure out what is happening, what is going on, and just to really, yeah, just to really say, I, I actually have no clue. And I was kind of at the wit's end. And it was in that place that I was able to really, um, yeah, just kind of let go of the reins and let life take me. Wow. So, so when you say that, because I know that feeling of I have no clue what to do to get out of this this space that I've created and, you know, I see other people um, swirling with that. What happened when you let go of the reins? What did that look like? Because how do you let go? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it was with much, um, how do I say it? it was with a huge struggle and a huge battle. And really the battle was really raging with inside of me every day. And there's just so much, um, so much anger and so much fear. And again, that was all turned against me. So it was just got to a point where I just basically drove myself into the ground. Um, so much so that I um, had to have my thyroid gland removed. Um, and it was autoimmune disease. And that was like full blown auto um, inflammation throughout my entire body. And then basically, I just lost everything. I lost my mental health, my physical health, I lost my career and relationships and my finances. And yeah, so everything basically came to a screaming halt. And it was at that point that I just, I just didn't know what else to do. And I just really realized that what I do and what I have done is no longer serving me. And basically, I just really opened up and I just said, I'm willing. I am willing to learn a better way. And um, that's really what started to happen for me is just to be open. And from there, I started to connect with people and resources and different healers. 
and just really because everything that I knew is of me in terms of my mind. I say that uh, I lost my mind, but I found my soul. And that really has been my journey is the conditioned mind that I had and all the lack and the limitation and just really realizing that all those programs, um, they were no longer serving me. And it was just that awakening and coming into awareness that, so I have lost, you know, my cognition and everything else. And now I actually have to get to a point where I actually get to choose what do I want to create. So that's kind of what it looked like um, for me. And in the midst of all of that, because that didn't happen overnight, um, there was not just one dark night of the soul. Um, and there was not one week or month or year. It was um, over a long time that I spent um, so much time you know, consumed in the abyss of, I'll call it hell, um, so much so that I really, you know, see myself as a, as a tour guide for hell. And it's taught me a lot to be in that part of my mind and to be able to really know that terrain and know that it was from the deepest, darkest places of my, of my being that I was actually able to, um, yeah, basically, basically being able to actually transmute all of that to be with those feelings and then to do the deepest, most profound healing of my whole life. So that is really the gift in all of this is that, um, and I also consider myself a midwife for the soul, is that I really straddle the dark and the light. And I see the, the gift in the duality of this existence and that really for me what really looks like a balanced life is really balancing that that dark and that light the physical and the non-physical aspects of us so that we can really you know step into our power and really live an empowered life wow yeah you know you're saying so much there and i'm trying to figure out a way to go into this that that makes sense because i know that people get to this point where they feel they're feeling so um you know in the dark part of their mind and not knowing what to do and you know how did you start to realize that again that there was still light out there like when you were in that dark what how did light start beginning to show itself to you or what realizations or what beliefs started to change? Yeah, I think the belief for me um, was actually realizing that I actually had a choice in terms of how I thought. And I thought it was just like, this is the way it is. And I actually had no clue. And it wasn't until I was, you know, seeing a counselor when, you know, probably like, 18 years ago. And she said, yeah, the purpose of why we're here is for joy. And like, I almost like fell off my chair and I'm like, you got to be kidding. Like I had no clue. I actually didn't realize that. And that was not the place that I, that was not the, the foundation from what I live from. And it was when I, you know, kind of had that in the back of my mind. And I think it was just kind of, you know, kept bubbling up to the surface. Like, I can actually have fun here and it's okay to enjoy yourself. So when I really step, started to step into, you know, opportunities, you know, really connecting with nature and, you know, really connecting with things that really lit me up and just allowing that emotion um, to come forth, that it really started to 
yeah, to give me a way out of that darkness. And it would happen like little, little glimpses of it. And then all of a sudden it would be dark again. Um, but that just kept, um, you know, that just kept emerging. So there was something inside of me and I'm going to call it my soul um, that is very, <laughs> very tenacious and very committed. And the more I let go, the more um, that emergence came forth. That, that part of me that is pure love, that we all are at the center of our, of our being, um, what we call the bliss body, um, started to get more airtime. And it was in starting meditation. So I always say the greatest gift that you can give yourself is the gift of your love, of your time, and of your attention. And then after that, the next thing that you can give yourself, like the most powerful gift that you can give yourself is the gift of meditation. And, you know, it took, I don't know, maybe 18 or 20 years before I actually committed to doing meditation practice. I always did it when it was like convenient. I was never committed to it. Mm-hmm. And um, it was only in the, the actual committing that I actually could start to calm down my mind and actually feel. And it was interesting because I remember <laughs> I, was, I would talk to myself at the beginning of meditation and I would say, um, one day I just said, say to yourself, you're safe. Um, and I did that. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh my God, I actually feel safe. So most of my life I was living out of my body. Um, and then from trauma, I just really never felt like it was safe to actually be on this earth plane. So when I started to say that and I noticed my body immediately responded, I'm like, what's going on here? You know, and then to find out that your mind listens, you know, two things are programming your mind all the time. It's what you say to yourself and the images that you create. So then I realized, well, maybe if I start saying other things, maybe my body's going to respond, you know, and I'm going to be more connected and, and let's see what happens there. So it was that open-mindedness and that being curious. And, and then from there, you know, led to, you know, getting modalities that really supported that mind-body connection. And yeah. You know, Kathleen, I'm going to cut you off there because we do have to go to a break. Um, but I cannot wait to come back and really start to go deeper into what those steps are because you've laid out a bunch there about how to find inspiration and hope again after depression. Um, but before we go, tell, can you let people know where they can find you and find your work? Yeah, I have a website and my website is um, Access You. .ca. So it's A-C-C-E-S-S-Y-O-U dot C-A. And my contact information is on the website. Great. Good. We have been talking to Kathleen Whittington. We're going to take a brief break and we will be right back. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you are ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. Welcome back, everyone. We, I want to, Kathleen, talk some more about um, 
you know, how you started to feel this little bit of light, even in the darkness. And it sounds like it was, first of all, realizing, just even having the belief that maybe you could have fun, that maybe the purpose of life was joy. And then feeling, finding things like being in nature or things that actually gave you joy, paying attention to those, getting a feeling of that, what joy felt like in your body, even if it was just for a teeny little bit, you could feel the joy and then returning to that until it started to build up. Is that sort of what you would say? I mean, part of it? Absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I, um, I think it's also really interesting what you talked about with meditation is that there's this idea of meditating, but then you really committed to it. And what, I mean, there's so much talk about meditation and everybody knows they should, but what is it that it did for you? What does meditation do that allows you to not live in hell? Mm. Well, for me, it was dropping resistance and the easiest way to drop resistance which is that pushing and that efforting, which is really what I was addicted to. <laughs> so really an ego mind and that protective personality, for me, it just allowed me to, to be. And the reason I got myself into, um, you know, the state of losing my thyroid gland and everything else that happened because of that um, was because I actually couldn't be. I didn't even know what that meant. I was just constant, constant, constant doing and achieving, checking things off on my list. What's the next thing I'm going to do? And the reason for all of that, of course, was because I was avoiding my feelings. I didn't know how to feel feelings. And it was in, you know, being able to actually hit the pause button. Now I'm going to dive into what is it? What does it experience? What is the experience of being Kathleen? And that is really what allowed me to, to start to really open my heart to myself. Yes. You know, one of the, um, this is a little bit of an aside, which I always do, but one of the questions that I heard recently um, that I love that actually um, I think is good for people who are so hard on themselves and pushing is, can I love myself in the midst of this? Absolutely. I love that question. Right, because it doesn't even occur to us to try. Why would we love ourselves and instead we beat ourselves up? And yet, if you look at that, you're like, well, yeah, I'm actually pretty lovable. (laughs) Right? And it sort of just softens a little bit how we're thinking about ourselves. So when you then have people who come to you with clients and they're you know, they're themselves struggling with depression. How do you help them to start to, um, you know, to get out of that darkness? Is there something you ask them to look at first or? Yeah, so um, so really my approach is really starting with, um, and again, I bring this, you know, from occupational therapy. So always looking at um, what we call client centered. So I really customize. So I work with my clients for a year and there's three options options within that time frame um, of one year in terms of the frequency that we meet. And so once they decide the package that they want to choose, 
And then I give them an assessment. And again, that's just going through the different areas of their life. So for example, one would be, you know, relations, um, you know, physical health and then mental, emotional health and, um, you know, finances and career. So being able to actually go through all those different areas and then score where they are at present in terms of their satisfaction and then where do they want to be at the end of the year. And then from there, we narrow it down to the top three and then starting at, you know, okay, of the top three, which is the one that is most relevant to you. So it's really going with where they are at as opposed to me saying, okay, this is where we're going to start. And then we just really kind of weave it together um, over the course of the year. And the most important thing is to, is to really identify, you know, from that top area that they want to focus on, what are the top three goals, meaning in terms of what's it going to look like when you actually achieve that. And, you know, for some people, it could be, you know, working on self-love. And for, you know, some clients, they want to start right into, want to start those habits because, they know that habits are really the cornerstone of, of the way that we live our life. So our whole life is made up of habits that we do every day. And I really, I, I have to just kind of add here in terms of, you know, what has been the cornerstone of my transformation is actually getting very powerful, um, consistent practices that encompass mind, body, and soul. So everything that I'm doing is always integrating the aspects and the dimension, dimensions of who we are. So we're not just a physical body, we're not just mind, so it's not just about meditation, but being able to pull it all together um, so that we create a real solid foundation for wellness. That's great. So for, you know, so for an example, so for meditation, and then is it exercise and then working on beliefs is that what you mean sort of bringing that in um and that sort of like practices coming from three different from areas yes exactly so it's all basically it's integrating everything so that um basically people are feeling that they're in alignment and that they're living their truth and that is really key is to really come from a place um to really help people connect um, their mind, their body, and their spirit, so that they're feeling that they're not just going on on autopilot. And that's the other thing is I help them to, you know, to really be able to connect to their thoughts. What am I thinking? And um, being able to help, you know, transition the limiting beliefs because it's really important that, you know, as we awaken. And I never really see, you know, people that are whether it's chronic illness like autoimmune or whether it's depression or anxiety or fatigue that I never see people as broken. I don't see people as, um, you know, that there's something that I'm going to come in and I'm going to fix something for them. I'm going to support them. Um, but what I really see is that whatever is happening with my clients, that it is really, it's a call for wholeness, that it is their soul that is calling them and saying, you know, where you are right now, you are not in alignment, you are not in integrity to yourself, you're not where you um, truly are meant to be, and that it's just really a wake-up call. And I'm just there to help them wake up more and to really empower them with tools that is really going to, to serve them to live a life that is really nourishing their mind, their body, and their soul. Yes, that's beautiful. And it is, um, you know, I know that uh, 
Western medicine is very much finally catching up with the impact of very much how our, um, our chemistry impacts our happiness, you know, in terms of nutrition and diet and supplements and exercise and just all the chemicals that are created. And you are also bringing in the, the more of the soul piece of it and the spirit piece. So how do you encourage people to, you know, there's meditating, but a lot of people resist meditation. How, how do you also help them to find their soul and their spirit? Because I think a lot of people don't even know to think about it or to feel into it, if that makes sense. No, I actually agree with you. Yeah, there's not a lot of um, emphasis placed on that. Well, what I what I like to do is I just like to really empower people with tools. And some of the simplest tools that I use are questions. And when we ask a question, we're actually opening up what we call the quantum field. So we're opening up to possibilities. So an answer is always going to close that field. But a question is going to open up possibilities. And you know, starting a day and then just being able to, you know, just even lying in bed and asking the question, um, you know, how good can I feel today? And how can I feel good today? So those questions are actually connecting them to themselves and then taking the inspired action from those questions and not just leaving them, okay, I've just done this one thing. I actually got out of bed and, and I took a shower. And which is where I was when I started actually like these were power tools for me. And then it's like, okay, so now that you've gotten out of bed and you've taken a shower, ask the question again. And, and then it would be like, okay, so maybe it might be to journal or it could be to actually get outside and move your body or to play some music. So using those questions to always come back to, um, to come back to you. Right. That's great. And what I love and I, and I've, um, and this is one of the things I think about too a lot is using questions that the, uh, the questions that automatically come to us are often the ones that are like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> what's wrong with my life right now? Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying is asking questions that are getting us looking at a more powerful affirmative direction, a life-giving direction consciously exactly. like, yes and that's the key is that um, and I'm also trained as a law of attraction life coach and what I empower my clients to do is to consciously create a sustainable lifestyle that is aligned with their truth and with their life purpose so that involves you know not just the doing but the actual okay let's quiet down And, you know, questions that I ask myself in the morning that I teach my clients, how do you want to feel today? Because it is is primarily your feeling state that is going to be the the vibration that you're offering to the universe, you know, of course, along with our thoughts and with our actions. But it is really the feeling state because the electromagnetic charge from the heart center is 5,000 times greater than the brain. So how do you want to feel today and consciously cultivating that? from a place of being deliberate um, is to me, I think one of the most powerful things that we can do as a conscious creator and knowing that, um, you know, that our inner world creates our outer world. So it's our inner world that is creating our outer world. So really taking the time and, you know, knowing that 
teach my students that, you know, one hour of meditation is worth, you know, eight hours of efforting means moving things and struggling in the physical world. But it is really the, um, the gold is in the, in the non-physical. So even just pausing, if, you know, if they don't want to meditate is to, you know, lying in bed, how do I want to create my day and being a deliberate creator. So rather than life is happening to me, that's the old program. That's the conditioned mind. That's what I call the matrix. So what I, you know, what I teach is that life is happening through you and it is emerging from you because you have infinite substance, infinite wholeness. You have infinite supply within you that is coming out of you. Right. So the thing that, um, you know, I know with, with depression is that the people who, when they're feeling depressed, do not feel that life force. Yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. And yeah, it's really interesting because I, you know, I tell my clients that, um, because of my path and my life journey, um, like I said, the tour guide for hell and, you know, also the midwife for the soul is that because of my journey, um, I really give hope to the hopeless. I, you know, I have in the past, I had two attempts at suicide. Obviously, they both failed and um, multiple, multiple other, you know, very deep contemplation about how this is going to happen just because I was in so much agony and so much darkness. And then many other times, you know, hundreds of times I actually thought about it. Um, So I really understand um, what can really happen to the psyche and I can really understand the hopelessness that people go through. So I am here to to basically give hope to other people that if I can do this, anybody can do this. Yes. Yes. That's beautiful. And it is, it really is so many people, myself included, and you, we come to this, um, these places of really wanting to help other people and show people the way out because we've been there and we know what it feels like and we know what the, what the option is and that it can be, you can actually find that joy and peace. So one of the things that, um, you know, I'm not sure if everybody's really familiar with the law of attraction. Um, so what do you mean when you say our inner world creates our outer world? That's a huge question. So just basically... <laughs> Well, and this is all, you know, going back to, you know, ancient teachings, Buddhism, you know, your thoughts create your reality, um, quantum science, and yeah, everything. So we live in a, you know, a quantum universe. Basically, it's a universe that is of energy. We live in a vibrational universe, and that we have physical and non-physical. So we have a physical body, but we also have the non-physical and that everything that actually arises in physical form, so like the chair that I'm sitting in and, you know, all the walls and everything, um, this is all, you know, a thought before it became a reality. Somebody had to think all of this, you know, from the paper to the desk to the markers. Um, that began in what we call the mental realm. And then it was, you know, it's a higher vibration. And then, then it's brought into the manifestation of the physical form. So I just kind of like, to think of it as, um, yeah, your thoughts create your reality. That's really the easiest way to to look at it. And it's yeah. just if you were going to do, you know, if you were going to create dinner where you could, 
you know, think about it, you know, okay, I'm going to go cook this. And then, and then you're actually putting it together. And then you actually have the physical manifestation of, of what you thought was originally. Right. And that is, um, you know, another way I remember that it was such a huge um, mind shift for me to realize that no matter what was going on outside, I got to interpret what that meant. So, you know, like a silly, stupid example would be, you know, we're stuck in traffic and my maybe I, my option could be to be super frustrated. Oh, wait, I'm late. Um, this is terrible. What are they going to think about me? You know, I'm never going to get everything done. Or, okay, I'm stuck in traffic. And I can use this time to breathe through some of my discomfort. And, you know, they'll be okay. You know, the people know me and like me and they know I'm not usually late. Like, such a different reality even though it's the same situation and sort of asking myself that whenever I start getting upset of like, what's a different way to think about this? Right. Yeah. And knowing that we have, um, yeah, really the only thing that you have any control over is, you know, what, what do you want to think? How do you want to think? Yes. Yeah. When you change that, you can change your whole reality. Yes. And it is possible through, as you've been saying, getting practices and integration of all of the parts of you that you can actually start to learn how to change your thinking so that it's not so dark. And I think, you know, when I look back, I really think, you know, you know, if I was just to offer something to, to listeners is, you know, also bringing in, you know, big part of that transition for me and that healing was mindfulness. So I actually had to, you know, take time during my day where I just actually sat and, or I just would lie down on the floor and it would be like, I'm not doing anything. And I'm like, I can't believe this. I'm not doing anything. This doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good, but I have other things to do. And it was just like, I would just kind of watch that. And I had to, you know, say, no, it's a timeout. It's a pause. And I know in the, in the world that we live in, because it is so fast paced and that we are being bumped Bartered and fire hosed with information, you know, day and night and night and day, that if we don't consciously say, I'm just going to unplug and I'm just going to actually pause and integrate, like no information is going to come in here. I'm just going to sit and be silent. It is in the silence and in the stillness that healing happens. It is not being plugged in all the time. So I know so many people are plugged in all the time, most of their time, to social media. And then I'm very, very, and I teach is very strategic, you know, go in, do what you need to do. But the most important thing that I want to be plugged into is my source, meaning me, source energy. That's where the power is. Yes. And it is so funny because I know I have so many clients who deal with this, with feeling guilty. Even when they sit down to meditate, it's like, they feel guilt. They should be doing something else. And I love your reminder that this time is a way to process it all. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, it's been wonderful talking to you. Can you remind people if they want to get a hold of you and learn more about you, where they can find you? Yes. So my website again is access you, accessyou.ca. And there's a free gift 
um, tapping to reduce stress and overwhelm. And that is, if you just go to the main page, you can put in your information and I will email that to you. And also, I just wanted to um, just to offer to anyone who would be interested in having a clarity session, I will give you my phone number. Or you can contact, it, contact me via my website. You can text me and we can set up a time. This is complimentary. And my cell phone number that you can text me at is 519-476-0959. So that's for a clarity session, 519 519- Four seven six zero nine five nine. Thank you so much, Kathleen. It's been um, great to talk to you. And listeners, I commend you all for having this drive to improve your own life and the life of the world around us. Thank you for being here. And until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 